Word met. Whatever happened to the dream you had when you said, One day I'm gonna be so high in the sky, I'm gonna be no different from a bird, cause I'm a pilot. I got so much compassion in my heart, and in this lifetime, I'm gonna help as many people as I can because I'm a nurse. The whole world's gonna know about me, and everybody's gonna hear my name because I am a star. I'm gonna help build the best houses with the best foundations and the best buildings in the world in this lifetime because I'm an architect, and that's who I am. See, at the time that your vision took flight, you took pictures of what you wanted to be and you placed them on the wall of your bedroom Cause in your mind you were so convinced that you could become that and so much more And now, and now. Capital 263 Okay, um, welcome to a career podcast uh, brought to you by Career Zimbabwe We are here to just give you career information So we do the discussions that most people don't want to do And talk about things that most people don't want to talk about Which influences and, you know come across our careers and all that. And today, we just have an interesting topic. Are we educated or we just passed exams? Then we have Mr. Adio Aditi Diniga to just help us through with the discussion. So, welcome Mr. Adio. Thank you, Mr. Nondo. How? What came through your mind to write the article, are we educated or we just passed exams? Oh, a number of things actually came to my mind when I was writing that particular article. Are we educated or we just passed examination? The first one was uh, when I was looking at myself in particular, the job that I'm doing now. I'm working for a development-oriented NGO, but at university I did a Bachelor of Science in Tourism and Hospitality Management. So now when I was looking at what I'm doing now and what I went to school for, I realized that I really did not learn a lot at university. So it then made me also ask that, am I educated or I just passed examinations? Then I also looked at some of my friends who are unemployed and they're basically at home doing nothing and they know nothing. So that's what then forced me to say that, well, if someone is a certificate affirming that they actually went through school, through university, but they're still sitting at home being unproductive, did then that person get educated or they just passed examination? Yeah, which is... Which is something Chancha do is there is there even a difference which people are seeing or our educational sector is it even seeing a difference between exams and and the education there because so we're giving um, we're giving this inspiration talk about for young people exams so during the presentation then the teacher is talking on you know what you have to do and what not to do during exams then my friend babati to develop a marking um the way of marking my exams because my computers but they haven't changed the educational system yeah i think if you see what's happening with our education system is with a i would like to call it a dinosaur basically it's refusing to adapt and as you know dinosaurs refuse to adapt and they go extinct because we have here people who are learning the same stuff which was learned by my father 30 50 years ago in high school and then a child who's living in the 21st century is still using the same methods of learning the same which you know someone in their 50s used at school the same which is being used by someone who's <laughs> yes. at school now yeah but yeah but 
then pane munakati this other time you were saying that um um your first degree is just um is just your gateway to getting out there then after that um, you know you can exhort do what you want to do because we're not going to also tora a second degree or even a masters so does that does that mean that you still have to just pass the exams then wasn't go with something that you want afterwards you see for me that's why i have a problem with um people who say ah, don't worry first degree is just a foundation it's just a way to begin then you go forward My question then is if we intend to build a skyscraper should we just build any foundation anyhow or we actually build a foundation with the skyscraper in mind because understand that a foundation meant for a single story house cannot be the same for a, with a foundation meant for a 15 story house mm-hmm. so then if you say the bachelor's degree is just a, a starting point just a foundation that's wrong because you, see, you, you don't have to approach it from that level we need to start changing things from I believe as early as ECD because that's where things really matter. You see I was um, a friend once sent me this picture um, which said um, we wasted our childhood discussing the anatomy of a grasshopper while children <laughs> in China were busy learning programming and and and, and, and you know and other and being techy savvy. Mm-hmm. Now if you look at it look at India way we are ahead in terms of um, technology. Then look at us proud highly literacy rates but Do we have anything which can which 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 we can speak about in terms of um adapting to this current situation in this 21st century yeah which is which is another thing um i i think we, i had a twitter conversation uh, the other time with um comrade Raymond Majongwe and um he was asking on the models of education that we have in zimbabwe and he was saying what is what is the best model that we can use um, and i said to him there are two models which which are famous you know across the world um, it's either your students are indoor then they do outdoor but maybe one is 70 30% then there's also actually the outdoor which is which finland uses you know then it's again the 70 30 or 80% but students or kids are actually exposed more to the outdoor then they become practical you know and they know how to apply these things but today because We now have engineers who cannot even fix anything. We can even not even make anything. So should we just continue with the system that we have? No, 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 definitely not. Which is why in the article I said um I will not throw away both the baby and the bathwater referring to the new curriculum, the Dokora curriculum um as people call it. <laughs> well, I still have a lot of bones to crush to chew with it. I agree with some of the points um they raise in that curriculum for example things like um heritage studies for me i have no problem with heritage studies as long as they seek to foster a deeper understanding of who we are as a people not um spreading the warped ideologies of, of some people i have no problems with it so i think our education system needs a complete overhaul right from day one, like your ecd up to a level because if you then try to change someone after they already have a degree and say ah you can now change and fit into that thing It's impossible. Already they've been messed up and we know that when a child is young that's when they are mostly impressionable. Mm-hmm. But now when a child is young you don't give them access to thinking. You see because the whole thing the whole, the whole problem I have with um with the system is it does not teach us to think. It teaches us to regurgitate. Essentially we become photocopiers. As uh, Paul O'Farrell in his book Pedagogy of the Oppressed said, mm-hmm. there are two there's, there's this thing called the banking concept of education. We teachers assume that students are tabula rasas, they are blank, 
they just come in then they dump stuff on you exam day they ask you to bring back that stuff mm-hmm. so for me where is the thinking here if you give me a, a sheet written something then on exam day you ask me to reproduce that thing i haven't learned anything i simply for, memorize what you said so i remember when you were, when you were, you also were at university there was this famous thing the cpf cram pass and, and forget. forget yeah yeah so essentially if someone then does cram pass and forget and then you take them in in the industry they're useless but now yeah but those are good points but my question now is to say so how then do we develop this thing that we want because you remember what um the um the poem by prince ear and he was saying i'm bringing this school to to court to say you guys your model of education has just been the same for the past 100 plus years mm-hmm. and nothing has changed but the world around us has changed and one friend of mine actually said schools are institutions of education but they are not even learning themselves their schools <laughs> they are institutions of learning but <laughs> these schools themselves they're not learning a thing so then how then do we get to that point to say that we bring that critical thinking into the classroom i think the problem really lies um at the apex of I would, I would lay the the, the the blame or the problem right in the hands of government as a whole central government not not the ministry of education specifically but the whole government mm-hmm. because it needs the country's policies need to be very clear on what we want to achieve as far as teaching our kids is concerned um let's go back to the early 1998 the early 1980s thomas mm-hmm. sankara he was very clear he said we want to be self sustaining as a country so what we're going to do is we're going to send our kids out there into the world to learn these technologies these new methods of doing things then they come back and transform our system let's look at a country like finland which you mentioned which is doing phenomenally very well mm-hmm. they first had a consensus as a country of where they want to go that when you have as a country agree that this is where we want to go it's easier then to tweak your education system the same with um singapore singapore have, have what they call the mph meritocracy pragmatism and honesty mm-hmm. so these are commonly held values which are held by the country as a whole in mm. whatever sphere and so, that's something that we don't have yes we don't have that we do not have a unified value system as a country so essentially now that's why our education system is very warped for example also having a conversation with um majongwe on twitter mm-hmm. where there were these these debate textbooks which have which which have horrendous mistakes and then you look at the the the, the, the names of people who wrote the books Shona names. So I was like so you t- are you telling me that there are no competent developers who can write developer textbooks because you can't have Shona people writing developer textbooks because languages you know there are these nuances which mm-hmm. you cannot really say I cannot speak developer by going to school you need to be among them to know the culture because language is not just about speaking but also about the culture mm-hmm. so now you make these mistakes so that's why i say it's wrong right from the apex because if as a as, as a country we have one unified value system mm-hmm. then we have people who are competent and like the, the singaporeans that 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 pragmatism is it practical that honesty it, definitely if you then say i will write and develop and develop and develop book and you're not really fluent and with the, with the familiar with the language and the culture you're not being honest then in terms of meritocracy those who can do things let them do not that just so now you see there's been this commodification of our education system 
if you look at now the the, the, the rampant spread of these funny colleges in our, in our houses. Oh, I saw I saw one recently, Harvard Preparatory School. No, you see, when we're in Zimbabwe and someone is saying have Harvard Preparatory School, not that I have problems with um, giving our schools fancy names, but essentially, what does it do? How many kids? I think, I think, is it on Facebook recently? There was there was someone commenting. I don't know if it was you to say it's actually. I think it was Makomborera Rosivisha. You're saying this is actually not good to have a school say that. Um, we or when it's advertising it saying that we are actually a, an English speaking school so what by the end of the day is it is it that if you speak fluent English then it means you can now go out there and make it in life I, I have a problem with um, that whole notion that um, English is a means of telling intelligence mm-hmm. it's not it's a language period just because someone can speak English better than someone doesn't mean they're, 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 they're better in my brief stint as a teacher, I trust me, I met kids who could speak fluent English. But when I it came to marking their compositions, their comprehension, it was terrible. So I don't agree with that. This is when where I then refer to one of my favorite um, all-time activists, Malcolm X, mm-hmm. when he was asking that who taught you to, to hate yourself? Who taught you to hate the texture of your of your of your of your hair, the color of your skin? So I think that question ought to be asked now. Who taught you to hate your own language? That vernacular you speak about. I speak English not because I want to show people that ah, I'm educated. No, because I want to communicate. See, if I limit my communication to Shona Ndebele only, which I wish I can speak, what about the Tonga people? But at least if you English, the way I use it mm-hmm. is because I want to communicate with everyone. Because it's sort of our universal language, right? But then I should not then say when I go to Tukumosha Ekaya, then I start speaking in English before elderly people would not even go to school. That's very wrong. Because essentially there it means your education is, is, is silly. Because education is supposed to give you tools to be able to operate better in society. So if your education system teaches you a language and then tells you that you can't use this language, it's, it's inferior, then you're in a situation where you have to use the language and you can't because you've been taught it's inferior, then that education system has betrayed you. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe going back to, to our experiences at university, especially the University of Zimbabwe, where we were, both of us, mm-hmm. um, there were some things, if I start to remember or think of them now, which I think they didn't, or the university didn't do much, um, especially on the issue of writing dissertations. You know, you're writing a dissertation, a thesis, you're doing that, but by the end of the day, that paper is not published anyway. Mm-hmm. That paper is not checked if the research you are actually talking about, you have actually done it. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the day, we are saying we want people to go out there with the skills that we are talking about. Mm-hmm. So now you have just resuscitated Lazarus. You know? You know? You have resuscitated Lazarus and we have handed that in and you pass your, 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 you know, and you graduate. But by the end of the day, you're going out there into the market without the critical skills that, that you should have. Then that brings me to the point that our universities, just like the primary schools or the secondary schools you're talking about, they're still teaching the same thing in the same manner to everyone, as if everyone has the same capacity. Yeah, well, 
I, I, I sort of, I agree, not a sort of, but I totally agree with you that it's the same situation whereby what used to happen in primary school is being perpetuated in, at a high school and even at university. Because my main bone of contention with university, like I said, is, is that we are not taught to think. Because critical thinking is very key. Because that is what then converts someone from being um, just a student to being useful in society. Because, look, I, I was talking to a friend who was um, telling me that when um, dissertations at MIT are published, companies will be falling over each other trying to get their hands on them. And higher whoever would have written that dissertation. Because these people, these these dissertations are based on actual research to, to solve important problems. <laughs> so it's not just like us where I then sit down and say, um, I'm going to write a dissertation on um, why Jakaranda's 10 people. <laughs> Essentially, so you find out the 10 people because they've too much water and then what so it's an issue where we just want to pass and go so it's like we are being made from this this huge assembly this huge factory this huge plant we just chains out goods of the same order like when i when i speak to young people in my in my in my, in my job right now i speak to a lot of young people when i speak to them i then ask them that um so what do you want to do afterwards after you're done with school then they tell me oh, i want to do this i want to do this i want to do this then i'm saying so what are you doing now Ah, uh, nothing. I'm going to school. Have you volunteered anyway? No, I haven't. So, okay, fine. What do you want to be in life? But for me, that's essentially what's wrong with our system because those people are not thinking. Because thinking starts in increasing your value. As, as Jim Rohn, one of these motivational speakers says, increase your value because the marketplace pays you for your value. Mm-hmm. I ask these people, they come to me, they need um, assistance with writing their CVs and everything. I, I see a CV... It's written, um, they, list, they list their course at university. Then they say, I'm, I'm a smart, hardworking person. I'm able to work under pressure. Then for me, what I literally do is I literally tear that thing into pieces and say, let's start from, from scratch. Because essentially, if um, you come to, to my place of, of, of employment looking for a job, and all you can do is show me a long list of courses, they are useless. I, what I want is the practicality. How am I going to benefit from you learning marketing here? Mm-hmm. So the reason why these kids cannot do that, cannot prepare CVs which are up to standard is because they were not taught to think in the first place. All they are thinking is getting a job. Yeah, I saw, I saw one other CV which we loved um, at the other time when I was working for this organization. Then the, the young man says, I have computer skills. And under the list of computer skills, he writes MS Word. <laughs> Dude, are you serious? How can you say you have a skill in using Word. It's like I have a skill in speaking. Yeah. Well, I think that's also where where, where I was saying that um, our, our system is, is, is wrong. Because essentially, that person has no idea what um, the industry demands. Which is also where I don't also say, I think edu- our education system and industry need to have um, a linkage. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you were to ask me, I would have, uh, probably, maybe I think that's what the Ministry of Psychomotor was supposed to do. But I don't think they, they, they are doing anything. Because the whole idea is if industry could then communicate with college or with universities that these are the people we want, then tailor your courses around what the industry wants. Not that um, 1980 curriculum for sociology is still the same curriculum being used now in, in 2017. Mm-hmm. Then you take that person with that archaic knowledge, you throw them into the industry. They, 
I had a discussion with one of the HRs um, at one of the one of the biggest companies locally, mm-hmm. and she said, when we recruit HR managers for the company, mm-hmm. we treat them as a tabula rasa. Because we can't, co- we know that they've graduated, yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a distinction or a two-one or something, but when we get them, mm-hmm. we, tit- we treat them like they are just fresh. Mm-hmm. We start to give them information, new information starting from scratch. And I was like, so why did they even graduate in the first place? They wasted their time. They should have just enrolled to the, to the company and become apprentices, if that's, if that's the case anyway. Because it now means that our degrees are just on paper. The people are not, you know, up to the game. They cannot, they cannot perform. Yeah, actually, that's, that's, that's the case. They cannot perform. If you have noticed, I was talking to another, 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 another HR person again, and they were saying that they now prefer hiring accountants from poly than from university. Because they were saying the poly people have practical skills, but um, us people from universities are full of big words, or high-sounding nothings, or as Shakespeare would put it, we are full of fury signifying nothing. Ah, <laughs> So it's even the same thing with, uh, with my own degree, tourism and hospitality management. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how to prepare an omelette from university. I was never taught that. But you expect me to go and work in a hotel. I have no idea how to spread a bed. I only spread the bed the way my mother taught me. Mm-hmm. So... Which is why then people from poly then get an edge over us. Because when you get someone from poly, they know how to spread a bed. Because you don't just spread a bed anyhow. There's a, there's a method to it. They know all that. And then I don't, but I have, a, I, have a, I have a degree, they have a diploma. So essentially, I then blame our universities that they are not moving in line or in tandem with what's happening in the industry. I would agree that it was cool early, back then when uh, the University of Zimbabwe was the only university in the country. Mm-hmm. So it means that they changed very few people. So all the people from, let's say, from tourism would then go on to be managers to manage these people from poly. Mm-hmm. But right now, there are, what, 12, 13, 15 universities in Zimbabwe, and all of them are churning out managers. So as you understand it, at a hotel, you can't have 20 managers. Yeah, true. But, but you can have 20 people who are doing, who are work in the, the front office, um, rooms, rooms, rooms division, accounting, but you cannot have 20 managers. So now, it means that our industry failed to move in line, our, sorry, our schools, to mm-hmm. move in line with the, with the developments of, of, of the industry. Yeah, I've, I think in some places, yes, I've seen that. Um, maybe um, the past two days I was attending Women in Energy Conference, which was at um, HICC. And engineer Magombo was saying that, um, the CEO for, for Zera, so was saying that they actually sponsor and fund uh, some researches um, which are done at the University of Zimbabwe. But I think even that is happening, even that, yeah, it's happening maybe at a lower scale, but as you are saying, there's there's need for that correlation mm-hmm. between the industry and the academia. Mm-hmm. For these people to actually say, because in some instances, I think some of the HRs are in surprise with, dude, with your degree, even if I was going to give you attachment, where would I put you? Which department will you go? Because they, the HRs don't even know what the academia is churning out. Because these guys are just creating degrees from nowhere, which is just flying all over the place. But I think as maybe as to maybe before I conclude, you can just say one or two things. Okay, I think basically, or what I would say is, um, 
I'll reiterate on that need for cooperation between industry and um, and the education system, <laughs> as well as so at an individual basis, at an individual level. We also have to take the matters into our own hands. I usually like to give myself an, as an example. I have a tourism degree, but I'm working for an NGO dealing in education. So I realized that I did not have the necessary skills required to make me get in industry. Then I sought to capacitate myself. How do I do that? There's something very simple. Reading. Right now, because of the internet, you can learn any course you want free of charge over the internet. So essentially now it's up to us, the people, up to us, um, these graduates, mm-hmm. to seek to get skills which are relevant to industry. Because like I said, um, the marketplace pays you for your value. And your value is not in the paper you produce. It's in what you project. For example, when you ask you, so what are your five-year plans? You know, there was this thing I, I always tell people who come to me for, for, for help before they go for interviews. There's this question which um, HR managers usually ask you at the end. Mm-hmm. Do you have any questions for us? Often people say, ah, no, ah, no, no questions. But that is exactly where you lose the job. Because essentially, if you, mean, if you have no questions, it means, number one, you do not research about the company. Mm-hmm. Number two, you have no other plans apart from just getting the job and getting a check. Mm-hmm. at the end of the month but imagine if you were to ask them so they ask you so what, what, what if any questions then you say well where do your best employees end up in five years number one you've committed that you want to be the best and mm-hmm. number two you've committed that you actually have a plan you, you want also, to be them with them exactly. for quite some time yeah you know and you also care about your development which is why you asked you're not just there to just get a quick back and go and pay some debts you should owe so yeah, I think basically that's it. The government and um, industry have to be in tandem. Then at an individual level, you also have to see that my qualifications, they're just papers. Mm-hmm. I claimed, I passed, I forgot everything. So you need to learn the practical skills which you can use in life. No, oh, Thank you, Mr. Adiwati T. Dinika. Most um, welcome. I think just as to conclude, um, we now need to make sure that our kids... Um, if they are in high school, tertiary education, and all those stages, they should have the necessary skills that are needed at the workplace. They need critical thinking. They need divergent thinking. They need to develop their skills. They need to be open-minded. They need to have the skills of public speaking and communication. They need to know how to make to monetize their passion, to monetize their degrees, to bring value upon themselves, which at the moment the universities are not yet giving us and maybe secondly that there is need for that correlation between the industry and the academia so that they come into into one place and make sure that the students that are being trained they are trained in the right way and in the right manner not only for the industry but also for national development so this has been Parrington and this is career podcast See you next time. Thank you. And now. And now. Capital 263.